Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 22 of your favorite Celtics podcast, Chasing Banners. I'm your host, Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dantendek, where you can basically just find anything you want to know about me, articles, blogs, podcasts, YouTube videos, all that stuff you can find there. And as always, I'm joined by my beautiful, wonderful, amazing co-host, Mr. Ryan Sheehan. Ryan, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing swell today, Dante. It's another Monday to talk about the Boston Celtics. Another Monday to talk some basketball. Another day to do Chasing Banners with you. So that's great. All things are great. Mondays, you know, people aren't really big Monday people because, you know, it's the beginning of the week. You got to go back to work after after the weekend. You don't really want to go into work. But me and Ryan, we get to talk about Celtics basketball on Mondays. We do. So we look forward to Mondays. And this is a very special Monday. Because this is the very last Monday before the NBA season returns. Yeah. So to say that we are excited is a little bit of an understatement. Do I do I sound like I'm over the like over the hill right now? Excited right now? No, I'm a little I'm a little bit tired right now. You're but I'm very through the screen. I am. Like, if you can see me right now, you'd understand how excited I am. Um, the NBA season comes back tomorrow. We got Lakers, Clippers, and then Nets, Warriors first night. I mean, those two matchups right there. I mean, Lakers, Clippers is marquee. Battle of LA. You can already know there's a rivalry there. Well, not rivalry, but you know, there's some bad blood there. And then of course, Warriors Nets. Kevin Durant's first game against Golden State. Obviously, they're not at full strength, but still that'll be a must-watch game, especially with Seth Curry being back and Wiseman um being in Golden State now as well. But today we're gonna talk about just we have two topics on our on our plate today, and we're gonna get we're gonna dive into each one. The first topic we're gonna talk about is regarding the Boston Celtics, of course. And we are going to give just a few predictions heading into the season. Um, We're going to give our predictions to what we believe Tatum and Brown will put up for averages. Um, And we're going to predict where the Celtics will finish in the Eastern Conference, as well as what we believe that their record is going to be um, when the regular season ends. So, Ryan, I'll just get this started with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, Both these guys... They both made jumps last year. Tatum made a bit more of a jump than Brown did last year, obviously. I mean, Tatum literally just shot himself into the top 10 NBA players discussion. Um, but Jalen Brown put himself into that all-star discussion where we start to debate whether or not he um, you know, should be an all-star or not. But with Hayward gone this year, um, Kemba Walker being hurt for the first month at least, both these guys are going to have to step up. I mean, we both we expected them to take jumps again this season, even just by losing Hayward. Um, but now both these guys are really going to have to, you know, play their part, not just putting the ball in the basket, but just being all-around team players as well. So I'm going to start with Jason Tatum. Last year he averaged 23.4 points, seven rebounds, three assists a game on 45% shooting and 40% shooting from three. This year I expect Jason Tatum to jump into that 26 per game category it's not an insane jump it's a three-point jump last year at a seven an eight-point jump nearly um but you know the points are going to go up but it's not gonna be a crazy amount I mean he's still going to be surrounded by guys that could score even when Kemba comes back his scoring might take take a little bit of a dip um but I expect him to be putting the ball in the basket a lot I think he's going to be just as efficient if not more I think that field goal percentage is going to bump up to like 47 48 and that three-point percentage I'd love to see him shoot like 41, 42% from three. Uh, he, shoot, he shot seven threes a game last year, Ryan. So, I mean, 40% on seven threes a game is pretty good. Um, and then the other thing, I think he's going to average 26, eight rebounds about between eight and nine, 
because yeah. uh, I think he's going to be active all around on the boards, especially. And I see him averaging um, between four and a half and five assists a game because I yeah. really do think that his playmaking is going to be the next big thing for it. Like we're going to see him like, like take that jump, like where he is now to being a, a really good playmaker. Um, just because the role that he has on the team right now, obviously he's the center of the team. He is, you know, just, he is the Celtics. So everything goes through him. Um, we play around him really. I mean, it's team basketball, but Tatum is the star of the show. Um, so he going to be playing through him and he's gonna have the ball in his hands a lot. He's going to want to get his teammates open. It's something that he has worked on. He got a lot better at it in the bubble. Um, his actual numbers, I think he had like one and a half, two more assists per game, but that's why I expect Tatum a jump, not a crazy jump, but just, I think putting his assists to that five assists per game category in those points, I think that puts him up another tier. Um, and then I'm just going to go into Jalen Brown and then I'll let you go ahead Ryan, um, Jalen Brown last year averaged a little bit over 20, 20.3 points, 6.4 rebounds, two assists a game, shot 48% from the field and 38% from three on six attempts. I expect Jalen Brown to put up at least 23 points, um, a little under eight rebounds. I want to say eight, but I'm going to give him just a little like 7.5 rebounds. And I want to see him put up three assists a game at least as well, because just like Tatum, you know, Jalen Brown is going to have to focus more on, you know, scoring the ball obviously is what his, the best part of his game uh, on offense, but he needs to get his teammates more involved. He is going to get plenty more opportunity, plenty more shots, plenty more opportunity to have the ball in his hands. And it's not all about being able to put the ball in the basket when you have the ball in your hands. It's about finding your open teammates, making good passes, open looks. Jalen Brown has made some great great plays in the preseason as far as finding open teammates and making good passes and stuff. So I think he showed a lot of promise there at the same time. There were a few moments when he had the ball and he had some guys left open and he just would chuck up a three or something. So he's still learning, but you know, I expect Jalen Brown to have a little bit of a jump as well. I think he's going to make that jump to the all-star tier where he's going to be an all-star this year. I I do firmly believe that he will be an all-star this year. Um, But I think the biggest thing, uh, Ryan, that I want to see from Tatum and Brown is an increase in assists and just like their ability to get their teammates more involved and make things easier for them. Because if they make things, the players around them, if they make it easier for them, they make their game easier. It's going to just make everyone, it's just going to make everything much better. So I think um, that's their biggest thing that they're going to work on this year. I think that they're both going to take jumps, not like insane jumps like last year, but they're going to make jumps and they're going to help um, they're going to make the Boston Celtics as successful as they will be by the end of the year. So Dante, yes, I Ryan. don't have a lot of differences between your analysis of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for this upcoming season, but I will tell you what I believe they can do. All right. So Jason Tatum, we were kind of in the same ballpark um, in which we believe uh, he will have like what, what his numbers will look like this season. So I was actually thinking he was going to get about 27 points per game. Uh, the rebounds, I was thinking also around eight. And with the assist, I was also thinking around the same as five. Um, so that being is, scoring definitely has to go up. You're losing a scorer off your team. You got to bring your scoring up. And that's just not for Jason Tatum. That's going to be for Jalen Brown. That's going to be for Kemba Walker, your three main guys. Uh, but it's not even really about the scoring which is going to be the most important factor to his game, it's going to be playmaking. And that is, that is the truth because 
you can get scoring from anyone on your team. It's just a, ma- a matter of getting them open. It's a matter of getting them in the right spot, everything like that. Jason Tatum is going to have to create a lot more this year. He's going to have to facilitate a lot more this year. He's just going to have to move the ball a lot more, right? Yep. If we want to be successful, if we want to be a top four team in the East, then he has to also be a playmaker. He Mm -hmm. has to be what you said, everything for the Boston Celtics, because that's what he is. He is everything for the Boston Celtics. So it is now your time to take over. It's your time to bump up your numbers and take another jump. It's not a massive jump, like you said, but if he is able to, you know, bring his rebounds up a little bit, get more active on the boards and dish out the ball a little bit more and create more opportunities, then they will still be a successful team. Now, for Jalen Brown, the same thing with Jalen Brown, I was just looking at his numbers, actually. And what I was hearing from you, it sounded like we had some similar numbers here. So, points per game, I'm envisioning him going to 23 points per game. I'm hoping that he'll get around seven or eight rebounds per game, and I'm hoping his assist numbers can go up in – to about three assists per game, maybe even four if we're lucky. Same thing with Jalen Brown, though. He's a scorer, right? But he's also going to have to be a playmaker for this team. There's a lot of playmaking that's going to have to happen this year. It's not just Kemba Walker that's going to have to make the plays. It's not just Jason Tatum like we're talking about now. But Jalen Brown is going to have to be very, very active with moving the ball. He's going to have to be very active with being a facilitator and just making things go. Mm -hmm. So – no, Jason and Jalen aren't taking huge jumps again like we saw this season. But now they are starting to become veterans, and now they are starting to be, um, get into that, I guess you could say, um, that skill level where they're, they're not going to make huge jumps anymore. Mm-hmm. But what will jump is certain factors in their game. So yes. Jason and Jalen, we could really see that jump in the playmaking factor of their game this year yeah exactly and and, and i hope so and i'm with you there i think that was just a perfect analysis of of everything there and and you're right i mean like going back to tatum what you're talking about tatum it's like with gordon hayward being gone and obviously kemba walker being gone with the first month or so in my opinion hayward was the best playmaker on the team last year i think not the the best best facilitator he was was probably like the second best like he was definitely he was one of the best on the team for sure um and you miss someone like that, you're right. The scoring, you're losing 17 points a game. We've talked about this. You're not just losing the scoring with Hayward. You're losing the all-around game. You're losing the rebounds, the assists, and this and that. And by losing one of the best playmakers, one of the best facilitators on the team, that means these other guys are going to have to step up. And, you know, you are not going to be making big jumps anymore, like you said, because I think last year was kind of that big jump for both of them, really. Now it's a matter of how consistent can they be? Like, can they keep up? Like, you know, that's their benchmark. Like, can they continue to grow off of that? Like, not get worse than that. And with Tatum, we know the offense is there. I know he just really had one breakout year, but we know how special he is on offense. We know that he can do anything on offense. Right now, the biggest thing is that he needs to do to get to that next level is work on his rebounding, playmaking, and defense. Those three things, we know the offense is there. We know the scoring is there. Once he boosts these other things up, that is what is going to put him in the same category as these top 10 players that we are hoping that he will become by the end of the season with improvements to those three categories. Obviously we want to see an improvement in points. We want to see him average 26, 27 a game, but the most important thing for himself to improve as a player and for the team success wise 
is making sure those other three categories are are not as strong, but they're they're very strong. They're strong suits in this game as well. He, I think, at the end of this year, at the end of next year, there is going to be very very little weaknesses in Jason Tatum's game because just the way he's just improving every year and the way he's just improving on different aspects of his game. Like this year, he, this summer, he focused on finishing. He focused on getting to the free throw line more. His defense is playmaking. He's focusing on things that he knows he needs to get better at and not, you know, obviously not ignoring getting better at scoring, but he's just focusing on these things. And by doing that, that is what's going to make the Celtics successful this year. And that's what the Celtics need from him. So Here's something that cannot be tracked, though, and something that I believe that Jason and Jalen both have to really take a jump in this year Mm -hmm. is composure, right? We have seen they can go to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's Mm -hmm. it's been done three times. It's not not like we, we know you can get there. But now what I'm hoping for in their game is they become more mature, they become more serious and their composure is way more, I guess you could say cleaner or, you know, they're not frantic as much. They're just, they're professionals now. And that's what I want to see out of them. You are professionals. Like you are no longer, you know, ingraining yourself in this league. You're no longer trying to make a self, uh, a name for yourself in this league. You are in this league now. Like you Jalen, you're five years in. Jason, you're four years in. And you got your buddy over there, Marcus Smart, who's seven years in. Now, like I said, I think I said this last week or the or or the week before, but now like all these guys now, that that core is now at that time. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. now, now it's time to make some noise. Like you guys aren't kids anymore. You guys mm-hmm. are old enough where Kemba, Jason, Jalen, mm-hmm. and Marcus should be able to lead this team to the finals. Yeah, no, I mean, and I, bu- I believe like, that. I, I you, believe they you, can do that. And you have to think that they're getting kind of tired of making the Eastern Conference Finals three of the yeah. last four years. Like you have to imagine that they want. They must. They, they, they got to make it over. It us. Yeah, they want to. <laughs> they want to get over the hump. Um, and you're right. I mean, it's not. This team isn't in a position where we're trying to get everyone's attention anymore. We have everyone's attention. This right. team is regarded as one of the top teams in the East for a reason mm-hmm. now it's time to carry that torch so tristan thompson said we're not going to be the guys going after teams we're not going to be the hunters we're going to be the hunted and like that's how you have to look at it like with this much talent the if we're being honest every team knows that the celtics should have been in the finals last year like if we're looking at talent wise the celtics should have been the team that was in the finals they know that the heat blew like they just embarrassed them and they took advantage of the bubble that's just what it was everyone knows how talented the celtics are everyone knows that the celtics are a finals contending team are they a championship contending team that's what we'll find out when they do make the finals but they have the capability of making it to the finals they just have to put it all together and they just need to you know not do what they did against Miami I mean that's really like to just like play team ball enough the turnovers the the shooting woes I mean we saw we saw that kind of carry over into the preseason but um we're not gonna we're not gonna get into that but I think the Celtics team, they're in a prime position to make the finals. It's just a matter of them putting it together and doing it. And that's just what it comes down to. So, Thank God for Tristan Thompson, Dante. Thank I, God he for hasn't him. played yet, and I already love him. Yes, I, I think no. he's just going to be such after, an energy, bro. Like, yeah, after that second game the other night when he came out and he, he said he was pissed off with how mm-hmm. they looked. Like, I, like, he's never played with us, and he says he's pissed. All like, right, that's so awesome. We talk about things that need to be improved on the team between mm-hmm. Jason and Jalen. 
one of them has to open their their mouths. Someone yeah. has to talk. Even and that, and that, said that's, that about Tatum too. That's the mm-hmm. one thing that Jason Tatum is missing is that he doesn't have that I'm a push you. Like yeah. you, you look at those guys, like for example, he loves modeling his game after Kobe Bryant. Well, mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant was literally like making guys quit on his own team and not because <laughs> that he was trying to be a bad teammate yeah. and make guys quit. But he's trying to push him to, to make the them limits. better. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And That's what he I said um, after. Um, not to interrupt you, but after no, the 08 no finals, he talked to MJ, and MJ was just like, one. Well, maybe it wasn't after the 08 finals, but I remember he said one lesson MJ taught him was it's not about how you can make yourself better, but what's important is how you make your teammates better. Because right. you can be the best player on the court all you want, but if your teammates suck, you're not going to win. You know what I mean? Exactly. So it's all about putting your teammates in the right position, making them as successful as they can possibly be. I mean, look what he, look what Kobe did to Pau Gasol and Andrew Bynum in 2009 and 2010. You know what I mean? It's like he allowed them to be successful. He didn't just like – obviously, he's still Kobe Bryant. He took over. But, like, he allowed these other guys around him to do their thing and be successful. And that's what ultimately led them to two straight championships. Jason Tatum is going to have to find that role. I know he's still young. He's 22 years old. But it's just like – It'll come. That's just another part of his game. Like he's been in the NBA for three years now. He's getting acclimated of how, like you know, how to score at a league level. Like just getting adjusted to everything. Like getting his body into NBA shape, which it definitely looks like it is now. It looks like it now. It definitely looks like it is now. And now it's all about just filling in those gaps and just those little small things needs to work on. And that's when he's going to become a complete player. Literally, it's it's isn't it crazy? Like how I mentioned earlier. Like I think at the end of next year not this year next year he's basically gonna have like little to no weaknesses he'll be 24 yeah i said that like that's insane like i i didn't even like count age into that i'm not even just saying that as like a homer or anything like that but like seriously like jason tatum has a few things to work on but it's not like it's like he's not far off like he's gonna get really good at those things and when he does he's I, i i'm all i'm saying is i can't wait to see him be that type of player on the celtics and we don't have to go up against him right yeah right so it's like we're <laughs> lucky that we have him on our side and not have exactly to against him. but um yeah so we'll we'll go on to the next topic but that's that's our predictions uh, actually one more thing um so where do we rank them in the oh, Eastern conference right, and their right. record so i you have forgot that <laughs> i'm gonna put the set we did so i'm gonna put the celtics at the third seed in the east i think milwaukee and I'm going to give Miami the edge. Um, I said my, I'm going to give Miami the edge at the beginning of the year because they beat us. They earned that respect. And I'm going to put them ahead of us. I think the Celtics are just going to stick around three because of injuries. Kemba's not going to be there for a certain amount of time. They could battle injuries throughout the year. I think it'll be a little bit slow to start the year. So I think that they'll hang around that three seed. Um, but that doesn't make that not saying that they're going to be wor- much worse than the two seed or the one seed. I just think that's where they'll finish. And I think their final record is going to be 48 and 24 72 game season. Keep in mind as well. Um, I think this was a just around what they had last year. Um, but me and Ryan talked about this earlier with the way the NBA is now, even if it was an 82 game season, we're rarely going to see teams that have more, a lot more than 50 plus wins. Like where it's going to be very, um, not rare, but it's not going to happen often. Like the Bucks, they might win 50-something games because they're a regular season team. The Lakers might. Um, but all in all, I mean, the regular season record, I mean, does it really matter too much at this point? It's all about the playoffs. So I'm going to put them 48-24, third in the East. And Ryan, what do you got? The way I look at it, I had them sitting at about third or fourth in the, in the East. Um, I think they can fall to as low as four considering – 
the uh, talent that's now in the East, considering that, you know, the Sixers got a little bit better with the acquisition of Seth. Um, so that's just going to help them move a little bit better. Uh, the Nets have KD and Kyrie. So that's just a duo right there you don't want to mess with. The Heat, I'm just giving the edge because uh, they beat us last year to go to the finals. Milwaukee because Giannis. Um, so I really had the Celtics. I, I believe that they can finish the lowest that they will finish is fourth, but I believe that they can finish as a third seed. And I believe they can finish between 42 wins and 45 wins. So I believe they could either be 45 and 27 or 42 and 30. And it's really, that's just a toss up of where I'm at right now, because with those couple yeah. games, there could, there could be a couple games in there that they shouldn't lose and they end up losing. That's they, where they, they get Yeah. At. They typically do that every year too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, People have to keep in mind too, like the way the NBA is, we talked about this. It's not like a loaded, it's not like one team's loaded anymore. It's like, it's pretty well-rounded in the NBA. Like, like there are I love a lot it. of good teams Should in the be. NBA. Should so be it's like, way. it's always competitive. Um, and the East is strong. I mean, we look at the top five seeds in the East and like, you can argue two to five are going to be around the same record. Um, Milwaukee might be the clear favorite. I think they're the best team in the East. They might have a little edge between one and two. They might have a little lead there, but those top teams are going to be pretty close to each other. So it'll be very interesting to watch how that plays out throughout the season. And now because the NBA season starts tomorrow, this is our opportunity to do this. This is what we're doing. We are going to give our NBA award predictions for this upcoming season. And then we're just going to give a brief little explanation why Uh, I'm going to, so we're going to do it like back and forth, Ryan. So I'll give mine, you give yours, I'll give mine, you give yours. And we'll go in the order in which um, we said that we would. So we're going to start with the MVP award. My choice, this is my choice last year. And I think it would have been accomplished if he hadn't gotten hurt. Um, and I still say the same now. Steph Curry is my MVP this year. I just think um, on that Warriors team, he is going to be the center of everything. Obviously, he always has been. But without Klay Thompson, he is going to just be putting up numbers. I think he is going to be shooting like crazy. I think he is going to be putting up like 10 threes a game at least I think he is going to average at the very minimum 30 points a game I think he's going to have great assist numbers because he has Wiseman there now um I think uh, let me put this in perspective he shot 12 threes a game uh two years ago and there was the last season that he was fully healthy I think he is going to shoot just around 12 threes if not more a game um I just think he's going to put up video game numbers and I also think you know obviously they lost Clay Thompson but I still think the Warriors are going to be a playoff contending team. I think they're going to be floating around like six, seven. They'll maybe get in the play-in tournament, uh, but they're not going to be at the bottom of the barrel Western Conference team again, unless injuries happen. But as long as Steph Curry is healthy, I think he's going to put up video game numbers and he is going to win MVP for the Warriors. So that's my MVP. How about you, Ryan? My MVP is going to be the guy that is competing with our young buck, Jason Tatum, for years to come. Uh, Luka Doncic. So mm. Luka Doncic is my pick. Uh, the guy is an absolute freak, <laughs> and it's it's amazing. He's putting up these numbers considering how young he is. Oh, my gosh. Uh, 28 points per game, 9.4 rebounds per game, 8.8 assists per game. He was shooting 46% from the field last year. And from three, he's really got to improve from this. Uh, yep. 31% for three uh, on eight attempts per game. So, Luka Doncic is with a perfect team right now. Um, 
he himself is basically perfect because this <laughs> i mean like i the numbers that I mean, he is putting up with you. i the 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 numbers that he puts up at this age is unbelievable that's stupid that's so stupid and he's only gonna get better like he the guy could put up 30 points per game this year on on he had nine rebounds a game last year he put up 10 rebounds this year and nine assists he's a guy he's a guy that i see literally just averaging a triple double like i yeah like he he, He can like like i think like we looked at the the years that russell westbrook three years in a row averaged a triple double like i believe like russ um Luka Doncic could do that at some point. I, I, this like, is kind this of a guy is unbelievable. Yeah, it's a different, <laughs> it's a different kind of discussion. It's a different topic, but like that Russell Westbrook triple double thing. Like, I'm not trying to take away anything from it by any means, but like, I, yeah, I no don't, one. I don't like, I don't like look at that no record. I don't compare that. Like, I don't put that as like one of the best records because how I look at it too is in the next five years we're going to have so many people that are going to be averaging triple. Yeah. Like in my opinion, like there are <laughs> a few guys that could do that. So that's why I think kind of, again, triple doubles is kind of overrated nowadays. It's a cool stat, but it's not as impressive as it used to be, but I no, love it's your just for- average now. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable yeah, you know, to see. It is. It's great. Especially seeing someone like Luca, who is a guard. I mean, he's, I mean, really is he a forward? He's like a six, seven. So he's probably like a tall shooting guard. Uh, shorter small forward but he plays guard so i mean he did this at 20 years old dante stupid that's stupid it makes you think 20. like how much how much better can he get like that's the thing like i don't even know like how can those numbers even go up much more <laughs> you know I, I, mean? I have no clue but i believe at the age of 21 he's gonna win the mvp yeah um i, I believe a lot his... of people believe that too i think he's actually the leader and i think vegas has him as the best odds to win it right now i so. mean i could see him averaging 30 10 and 9 and just looking at these numbers right now, um, and he basically almost basically almost averaged that last year. Yep. And then from the three, um, to really win the MVP, um, his field goal percentage is at 46 right now. I think he has to be around like 49 or 48 with that. And then with his three-point percentage, he's really got to get that up. Um, take less shots because he was taking about nine threes He per takes game some crazy shots. Yeah, he was hitting like two of them. So if he could bump those down to like six threes per game and he's hitting three a game, I mean, you're shooting 50%. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the so, weakest part. Not, not the, that's like one of the parts of his game where he needs to work on just being more efficient. Yeah. And more efficient for sure. So if he, be, if he can become more efficient this year and it shows and he, it, and it's just above and beyond what he was last year, which again, it's going to be hard to do, um, then he'll win MVP. But even if he doesn't, even go above and beyond with efficiency i i still think he can win it yeah no i'm, I'm with you i think uh mvp is my mvp choice is steph curry but if i had to pick number two it would be luca if steph curry gets hurt i'm probably gonna roll with luca um so the next category that we have is the defensive player of the year i um so last year Giannis won it and rudy gobert won it a few years in a row before that i'm gonna go bam out of bayou here a lot of people are saying Anthony Davis. A lot of people thought Anthony Davis should have won it last year, and I, I, I think Giannis deserved it. I do believe Anthony Davis is going to win a Defensive Player of the Year award before he retires. I just think, Bam, this is Bam's year. Um, now that the Heat actually have an idea of what Bam Adebayo was capable of, um, I think that they, he is just going to be unleashed next season. Last year, Myers Leonard, <laughs> I don't think people realize this, but he literally was just like power forward or like center, like switching back and forth all year because Miami 
started Myers Leonard like all of last season. So if they literally just let Bam just play center, do his thing, and not have to like play next to someone like that, he is going to be unbelievable. I, he averaged over uh, 1.3 blocks a game. Uh, I think he averaged close to a steal, had 16 points, 10 rebounds, five assists. Um, and I just think he made the all defensive second team as well. I just think it's bound to happen. Um, just like Anthony Davis, he's going to win it at some point, but I think this is going to be Bam's year. I think the Heat are just going to be very good. Um, and I think that he is going to be a big reason why with his defensive presence for that team. So I'm going to go Bam. I think because Anthony Davis didn't win it last year, he is going to win it this year. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Yeah. Here's why last season he was averaging 2.3 blocks per game. Um, but in his career, he's also averaging 2.4 blocks per game mm-hmm. for his career. Um, so what he's projected to have this year, he's actually supposed to have 2.4 blocks per game, which is his career average. So it's not like it's going to go up or down significantly, anything like that. But I believe since he was there last year and many people believed he was going to win last year, I think that he's going to up his game a little bit more. I know it's there's not a lot more he can do. But I believe with um, the addition of the the new players on the team um, for the Lakers, I think it will force guys on the other team to act frankly, frantically, take kind of not really the smartest shots and really dribble themselves into double teams, which would be a double team with Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. and there the shot gets thrown up in more blocks. I mean, I know that's not how it works out, but I just think – with the addition of all those guys that are now on the Lakers, it's going to open up more opportunities for Anthony Davis to play better on defense. Yeah. And plus I, I, they I, lost, um, they lost Dwight and JaVale too. Yes. Right. Which I mean, which are two good defensive players. So they he's also had to pick up a little bit of the slack from that. Definitely. And I, and you mentioned it, um, you know, new additions and stuff. And obviously like you said it too, he can't really, how much better can you get, you know, at this point in someone's career, like Anthony Davis, like he's really good at everything. So it's like, how much better can you truly get? On defense, you have to think a little bit. Maybe the addition of Marcus Saul helps him out on defense too, because Marcus Saul is one of defensive player of the year. He's a defensive minded player. He's been in the league for a long time. You know, Anthony Davis could pick his brain, and Marcus Saul could give him a few pointers here and there. You know, just to make him a better player. I'm sure he'll do that anyways. But I think on the defensive end, Marcus Saul could be a huge help too. So I, I understand why people are saying Davis will win it. I think Davis is like for the next multiple years, he's going to be like always be a top three candidate to win it. And I think he will eventually win it. Um, but this is where we disagree. I'm just gonna have to, I, mean, I just go bam. I just, I just think the Heat are going to be really good. I think that, you know, just the way that team is run, their, their style play, their defensive scheme, all that stuff, I think Bam is just going to have an amazing year and he's going to win the award. But both great options. You, it's going to be one or the other, in my opinion. Um, rookie of the year. This one's kind of um, – there's going to be a few options here. Um, there's a few guys you can go here. Obviously, you have Anthony Edwards, number one pick in Minnesota. You got Lamelo. You got Wiseman. You got a few other sleepers too. Um, I've heard some people uh, say Tyrese Halliburton could be the rookie of the year. He can be a sleeper as well. And I think that's a pretty cool pick. But my pick is not Tyrese Halliburton. My pick is James Wiseman. I think James Wiseman is the most NBA ready player out of all the kids that were drafted this year. Um, I just think. His style of play, he didn't play much in college because he went to Memphis and there was all this stuff, the controversy going around um, of him getting paid and all that. So he didn't really play. Um, but just his build, he reminds me like he just reminds me of a center that is just going to be a defensive presence, get a ton of rebounds, ton of blocks, and just is going to make any team better. 
him on the Warriors, I think, is what's going to make him the rookie of the year because just playing next to guys like Steph and Draymond, they're going to help him out. Um, I, am I saying that James Wiseman is going to turn into – I think James Wiseman is going to be a superstar. I think he is going to be one of the best centers in the NBA for a long time. But I think not only is he going to be like a star on the Warriors, I'm not saying he's going to be a star this year, but he's going to be a star in the role that he is going to have to fill. Just being in the paint, uh, just being that center that just grabs a rebound. I'm thinking like, in my opinion, I think he's going to average like 16 and 10, 16, 11, because I think the way he's going to run the floor, he's going to get open looks uh, in the paint. He's not a shooter, but Curry's going to get him open. Draymond's going to get him open. Um, Getting all these offensive rebounds from shots defensive rebounds the way the Warriors play just going back and forth his rebounding numbers are going to be through the roof he's a very good defender he's going to be able to defend the basket I just think this is going to be I think this is James Wiseman award to lose I just think he's just in a great situation I mentioned this with Seth Curry with the MVP the Warriors are also going to be in my opinion a playoff contending team so it's not like he's going to be on a bad team putting up good numbers like he's going to be putting up good numbers on a contending team and that is in my opinion that's very valuable. I think that speaks more to someone putting up numbers on a worse team. So I'm going to give Wiseman the edge here. I know there's a ton of guys you can choose from, but I just genuinely think that James Wiseman is, it's it's his award to lose. That's my opinion. I think the rookie of the year is going to be someone that was playing overseas uh, the past few years. He's been a big name for years now, if you have followed this family, but LaMelo Ball is going to be my pick. And I believe LaMelo Ball is going to win Rookie of the Year because of that experience that he is bringing from overseas. Um, yeah, the, the competition is a little bit different. The skill level is a little bit different. But LaMelo Ball played professional basketball, right? He's been on the map since he was like 14 years old. He's played, you know, in a, in a couple different leagues. Um, he hasn't played college, so he's avoided that part. Uh, but I do believe that he has some solid experience coming into the league. And although that there is not a lot of talent that surrounds LaMelo Ball, I believe with the way he plays and the skill level that he brings, that he will be able to improve players around him. I think Mm -hmm. that he is good enough to make people better around him. Now with the scoring, I'm not too sure with how he will be with his shot. Um, I hope that he he is like very good from three. I hope he does have a very good shot, but we know how his shot is. It is a little weird. It is uh, a bit unorthodox. So Better than Lonzo's, he, I'll tell you that. Well, Lonzo's actually did improve if he did, it did see improve. him play. It has, it has gotten yes, better. Yes, it, 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 it looks a lot more mm-hmm. um, like a basketball shot. Yeah, but yeah. LaMelo La Ball, I believe just with the skill level he's bringing that he can win rookie of the year. You're talking about um, – being on a team and putting up stats, which are really stats that don't matter. Well, LaMelo Ball will be putting up stats that really don't matter because I don't think they can make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think LaMelo Ball is going to put on a show in Charlotte. I think yeah. he's going to make a lot of people around him better. And I, I do believe he can win rookie of the year. I think he'll have a solid rookie campaign. Yeah, and just like the defensive player of the year, you said Davis, and I'd put him at two. LaMelo Ball would probably be my number two as well. I think he's going to be I think he's going to have a great NBA career. I, I hold guys, I've said this before, I hold players that have played overseas in high regards because it's not, obviously the competition isn't as great, but you're still going against professionals. And if you do it at a young age, that's 
very valuable experience, better experience than going into college, in my opinion. Um, So I hold LaMelo in high regards. I do think he's going to put up numbers. I do think he's going to put up numbers. But like I said, like you said, Charlotte isn't going to be making the playoffs or anything. So that's why I'm kind of like, it's kind of like I'm more leaning Wiseman because I think he'll put up numbers on a good team. LaMelo Ball is going to put up great numbers. Um, It'll, we'll, see what the Hornets even do because they have three guards, Rosier, Graham, um, and now LaMelo. So I don't know if they're going to run small, like super small, and have Hayward play the four and then have someone at the – Cody Zeller at the center. I have no idea how they're going to do that. I I don't think – Devontae Graham shouldn't be coming off the bench because he's nasty. Terry Rosier is making $20 million a year and LaMelo Ball he just drafted. So another reason why I'm going Wiseman is because of the uncertainty of how this team is going to play, at least to start. Once LaMelo, obviously LaMelo is going to end up starting eventually. I don't know when or over who. That's when I think he's going to start putting on a real show. I, I, I just genuinely have no idea what that's going to look like when the season starts. That, that's like, I just don't know. I haven't heard anything from that end of how they're going to start guys, but it'll be tricky, I guess. I mean, I, I think you could start all three if you really want to do like a three-headed monster at guard. LaMelo is 6'8". So, I mean, he could play forward, I guess, but he's not big enough. He'd like just he's not going to be able he doesn't to have this defensive he's um, not going to be able to go up against either. guys like lebron and kd and Giannis. like he'd get crushed so exactly. i i don't i don't know it'll be interesting but those two guys wiseman and lamello should be like the the top two guys to choose from there um most improved player this one's also cool because there's a few guys you can think of and i had two guys i really want to go at here um but i'm going shy gil just alexander on the thunder I just think he had an incredible season last year with Chris Paul next to him. Now the Thunder are really going into a rebuild, like really going into the rebuild. Um, They're going to be awful next year. I know people said they're going to be awful last year, but they're really going to be awful this year. Um, And I think he's going to put up great numbers. I, I know we talk about rookie of the year and like, you know, you can put up, good numbers on a bad team. You shouldn't win it, blah, blah, blah. But I think this award's a little different. I think this isn't like that. Um, so I think Shy Gilgis Alexander is going to put up crazy numbers next year on a bad team, but the numbers are going to be good enough for him to win most improved player. Uh, that's, I think just with no one around him, he's going to have just so much room to just show how special he is. And I think he's going to be a great player in the league. And I think this next upcoming year is the year that we're going to see that big step from him, big step from him. So that's my most improved player. My most improved player is going to be John Morant from the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, Yes, I am aware he did just win Rookie of the Year. Do I care? No, because I still think he's going to improve his game. Load up the hardware, baby. And I I think the improvement in his game is going to win him this award. So um, the way I just said that was so weird. I had to say it some way. I I had to catch myself. I was about to lose it. All right, so (laughs) – <laughs> all right so pause. his ro- time his, out time out time in. all right <laughs> so his rookie campaign he averaged 17.8 points per game he was averaging about four rebounds per game let's just say exactly 3.9 and he was averaging 7.3 assists per game from three he was averaging 33 percent and from the field he was averaging 47 percent now what i believe he can do this year i believe he can bump his numbers up to about 22 points per game, maybe even 23. Um, I believe his rebounds will go up to about five or six, and I believe his assists will stay around eight and nine. Um, so um, what we're talking about here is 22. I think I just said six and eight. So 22, six and eight uh, for a second-year player. 
I think his field goal percentage is going to be about the same because he's at 47% um, from three. I don't know how much better he could get right now. That is um, something that he does need to improve in his game is his three-point shooting. And he was only really taking two shots per game last year from three. So if he can bump those threes up and um, become more efficient from three, then I think he'll win most improved player. You know, you said that, and I kind of made like the woof. Like, woo, I, I didn't really think about John Murray winning this award, but now I'm thinking about it. Like, after his, after la- what I saw from him last year, I hold John Morant in high regards. I have said in the past, and I'm not going to shy away from it. A lot of people have said that I'm crazy for thinking this, but like, it's my, it's my opinion. I think John Morant's going to be a t- uh, in the top five point guard realm at the end of next season, and for him to do that. He's going to have to make that jump that put up those numbers that you just said. So if I believe that he is going to be that on that level, he has to put up those numbers in his second year. So I'm not, maybe I'm not agreeing with you that he'll win the award, but I'm agreeing with you that he is going to be something else next year. Memphis is on the come up. I mean, they're, a, they're a pretty good team. Um, they didn't make the playoffs last year, obviously. Um, but ja- Jaron Jackson got hurt. They got Dylan Brooks there. They got a few guys. Um, but I think that team is on the come up. John Morant obviously is leading the charge there. Um, and I think he's going to have a great year. So that's actually a good pick. Another guy that I wanted to say, I didn't say it, Michael Porter Jr. I think he's going to have an unreal year next year. He's going to be up there as well. But my choice is shy. Your choice is, um, your choice is John Morant. So we have two more left. We're going to do most improved player. And then we're going to do coach. Oh, no, not most no, improved. Yeah, we're going to yeah. do sixth man and then coach of the year. There that's, we go. Yeah. So sixth man. This one. I have right now, this is what I have unless he gets traded. If he gets traded, I'm changing it. But for right now, I'm picking Karis LeVert on the Nets. After the All-Star break last year, he averaged 24, six, uh, six assists, five rebounds. And in the playoffs, in the, in the series against Toronto, we put up 20, um, 9.5, uh, 9.5 rebounds, or no, 9.5 assists and six rebounds a game. Without Kyrie and Durant, this dude, like, went off. Um, and Steve Nash, they were asking about uh, Levert, and he said that, basically, he kind of compared him uh, and said that he kind of wants to put him in a Ginobili role, um, where he's kind of like the second unit guy, where he's like the main scorer and the main facilitator, because that's what he he can be. When he's like, if he starts next to Kyrie and Durant, like, could they start him? They could. I mean, if you want to do best starting lineup, he'll probably be in the starting lineup, but his role is probably going to be best off the bench because playing next to Kyrie and Durant, he's obviously not going to be putting up 24, six and five like that. He, that just won't happen off the bench. I'm not saying he can put that up, but he can put up some crazy numbers off the bench. I mean, the dude's a six foot six guard. He can score the ball. He can get his teammates open and he just does it very, very well. Um, so I'm going to give Karis Levert that award. If he doesn't get traded, if the nets get James Harden, I think Karis Levert is going to be a part of that trade. So, that obviously changes things. If he gets traded, my choice is going to be Montrez Harrell on the Lakers. But if everything stays the way it is right now, I'm going Karis LeVert. My sixth man of the year award is actually going to go to the guy that you just mentioned, Montrez Harrell, just coming off the award this year also. Um, in his 2019-2020 campaign, he averaged off the bench as the sixth man 18.6 points per game one block per game and he was just averaging just over an assist per game. Um, I think he's going to have, you know, similar numbers. I mean, they could go up a little bit. Um, That 18 could probably go to at most 20. 
um, maybe even 19. The blocks, actually, I didn't even mention blocks. He averaged one block per game last year. I think he can get that around, too, if he wanted to. Um, the assist, uh, not really anything. I think it's going to be around the same, but with more um, – with the talent that's around him now, I think the assists can go up to a little bit, maybe two per game. And then with the rebounds, it's at 7.1 per game. Uh, I think he can get around nine if he comes off the bench. So uh, I think he can put up another solid six-man-of-the-year campaign. And I think with the numbers he put up last year, they would be even good enough to win it again this year. So I don't think there's a lot for him to change. I think if he just goes out there and plays the way he did last year, he could win it again. Yeah, and not for nothing to um, his competition last year for six man, Lou Williams, he shared a team with him, not on the team with him anymore, and Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder is probably going to be starting for the Lakers now, so he's going to be out of that running. Montrezl Harrell is probably the safest pick, to be completely honest with you. I mean, you look at him now, he's going to be on probably the best team in the NBA. He's going to be surrounded by – even if he's coming off the bench, he's still going to share the floor with LeBron and AD at points. You know what I mean? He'll probably be like in those late game lineups for sure. So his stats are gonna are going. You're gonna you're gonna see you're gonna see um, how well he plays next to those guys in his numbers. Like I think it's just he's gonna put up similar, if not better, numbers. He's gonna thrive in the Lakers. I'm. It's just a great spot for him. So he might be putting up twenty off the. He bench could. No, the honestly, Lakers. he could. He's a very he's 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 a starter in the NBA. He is. I mean, if we're just he is a starting player in the NBA, but he is just phenomenal. He brings off the so bench. much energy. He just off brings the bench. so much off the bench. And you know, some guys, a lot of guys, like Dennis Schroeder was a six man for years. Was he? A, could he have been a starter? Absolutely. But like sometimes your role is just you, you look at the team you're on. It's kind of the same with um, um, how I just said LeBron and AD. Like you don't want to start him next to those two guys because he's not going to be as you know as good as he could be if he wasn't around those guys, if that makes sense. Kind of like what KD and Kyrie, like I said, with Levert, like he could play next to them, but he won't put up those same numbers because he's around two juggernauts. But if he comes off the bench, he'll put up numbers. Same with Trez. So um, that's a great choice. I think Montrez Harrell probably is like the, like the go-to six man. Like if you're going to pick someone, Trez is probably the safest pick, but I'm going to, honestly, I, I hope Levert has a good year. I, I, I really like him as a player. Um, I, I don't want the Nets to be I like Levert great, too. but I, I do like Levert in his game. So I hope he has a good year. Last one we have coach of the year. This one really is easy for me. I really didn't have to think about this that much. Um, Monty Williams on the Phoenix Suns. I, I think that the Suns are just poised to have a breakout season um, or not a breakout. Let's say breakthrough because they haven't made the playoffs in 10 years. Um, and if Chris Paul, you're adding Chris Paul, if he does anything to this team like he did last year with the Thunder, they're certainly gonna they're certainly gonna break that drought. I think the Suns are gonna make the playoffs. They should have made it last year. Um, they're you know, obviously the playing game and stuff like that. They went eight and zero in the bubble and still couldn't make the playoffs. Um, but you're adding Chris Paul to Devin Booker, who has been unreal throughout his entire NBA career. Now you're giving him Chris Paul. It's gonna make him so much better. DeAndre Ayton who is and I he's going to be in a phenomenal center for a long time. And then you got young guys, Cam Johnson, Michael Bridges they drafted last year and they're they're awesome. He could even help out some other guys. They have Cameron Payne, he really hasn't found his spot in the league, but who t- who's to tell you that Chris Paul isn't going to be able to help him and get make him a better player. That's what Chris Paul does. He makes those around him better. He just elevates um 
uh, like the attitude, the morale, like this team, like I'm not saying they never worked hard, but Chris Paul is going to make sure that he's going to bust their ass and practice in games. He's going to make sure that they are playing 110%, kind of like how Jimmy Butler is on the heat. Like he's just kind of like that leader, like that guy. He might not put up the best numbers. Like Devin Booker is obviously going to put up the best numbers on the team, but Chris Paul is going to be the leader of that team. And that is why I believe um, Monty Williams is going to win coach of the year because he's a great coach too. And I just think he's going to be able to figure this out and he's going to help the Suns break that playoff drought. So Monty Williams was a pretty easy choice to me. I don't know about you, but that is a, that's my coach of the year. My coach of the year is going to be the newly hired Steve Nash for the Brooklyn Nets. And here's why. If the Nets finish top three, then you're going to look at this Nets team from last year. You're going to see the improvements they made. And then the first thing you're going to think about is Steve Nash coming in um, without even noticing that KD and Kyrie actually came back. So there's that. Um, I do believe since it will be his first season uh, and considering with the team he does have, uh, having to deal with some big superstar names, if he can get them in the top three in the East, and maybe even a top two, if he gets them in the second seed, I could see him winning coach of the year Mm -hmm. just because it will be his first season and he could have a really good first season. And if he does have a really good first season, that that could be enough. So that's that it's not really going into detail or anything. That's just really why, because I I believe that the Nets do have a good finish that he will win it. Yeah. Um, And I have seen a lot of people say Steve Nash will win it. And I understand the argument this is where I disagree with the Steve Nash pick. And I'm not saying it as a way of like, you know, disrespecting Steve Nash or anything, but we have to look at coaches that have coached. Obviously we don't know how the Nets are going to be this year. I'm, we'll, we're just going to assume that the Nets are going to be really good. All right. We'll yeah. just, we'll just hypothetically, they're really good. Should Steve Nash win the coach of the year over other coaches that had that coach of really good teams? I don't think Steve Nash will be as deserving because he is going to be coaching Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Yeah. And like, you can argue that blah, blah, blah. But how I look at it is let's look at Steve Kerr on the Warriors. Steve Kerr could have won coach of the year for four straight years, three, four straight years. Cause he was the, the best team. He, but he also had Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson. Right. Steve Nash could like be a phenomenal coach in the NBA, you know, just his basketball mind, high IQ. He could be a phenomenal coach, but at the same time, look at his first gig. He has one of the best scorers of all time, if not, the best naturally gifted score in my opinion come to rant and Kyrie Irving. I mean, it's not like he's given like, it's not like he's going into Phoenix. You know what I mean? It's not right. like he has to like put something together. Like he's going somewhere where this is already put together. Like he's literally just hand given these guys like, okay, just make sure they, they know what to do. Yeah. Uh, so I understand like why people would say Steve Nash is a coach and I'm not trying to, you know, say anything about your, your pick or anything, but that's just how I look at it. Like I mm-hmm coaches like Monty Williams as being more deserving like um uh, I think he would be extremely deserving yeah it's just like you have to look at the circumstances like a yeah. team like Phoenix like not making the playoffs for 10 years and they do like I would prefer to give the coach of the year to a, someone like that over someone that is like Steve Nash like you're it's a given that the Nets should be good right so that, that's my argument there um but obviously I to can, be honest with you, I just a hundred percent agree with your argument. <laughs> it's it's like I don't know, but like it's an argument, but at the same time, like I understand why people can say like, yeah, but Steve Nash still I, has to like put people in place, like he still needs to do plays and stuff. And I, I get that. It's just that's how I look at things like that. I I no, but I, I agree with you because I would rather give it to a coach that 
is having to actually put in work like Monty Williams instead of Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. The only reason why I pick Steve Nash is because I just think that's how it, yeah, it could possibly no. work and just because fair. of how it is. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm just like that with awards in general. Like, like for example, like when Russell Westbrook won the MVP a few years ago and he had the triple-double, like he got the MVP because he put up a triple-double. They didn't – I don't even think they made the playoffs that year. I think they made the – If they did, they got eliminated in the first round. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just like – in my opinion, like I would give that award to someone that's on a like might not be putting up a triple double, but he's putting up very good stats on a very good team. Like that's just how I am with stuff like that. So that's how I look at things. I just look at it from a more like you have to look at the situation and the story behind it. Um, but yeah, that, that's just my opinion. Everyone has their opinions. That's just how it is. Um, but those are our awards. I think we had some great choices, Ryan, and I love yeah. how we were different with all. I think we were different with all of them. I don't think we had a single agreement there yeah. um so that's which awesome is rare. That's which is rare very game. rare because we agree on a lot of things yeah exactly so uh that's awesome there um those are our picks let us know who you think are going to win the nba awards this season the season starts tomorrow so lock in those predictions now because once the season starts and you can't be jumping around right um but yeah so give us your awards who you think is going to win also tell us where you think the celtics are going to rank next season we gave our predictions for jalen jason where are they going to finish in the East? Uh, what's their record going to be? Let us know because it's obviously this is something that's very debatable and it's something fun to talk about. Um, but that's all we had today. Ryan, do you have anything else to add before we, uh, before we sign off here? Nope, that's all I have. No, that's all we say. got. We, we had good discussion today. We had two topics and just like always, we just take that one topic and just like just go off for so long. So we are uh, – I'm out of breath right now. We talked a lot today. But thank you guys for listening to another episode of chasing banners number episode number 22 we are climbing the ranks we're getting there uh, my name is dante toro you can follow me on twitter at dante on deck you can find my blog my youtube channel um the links to my other podcast uh tommy points i do that on tuesdays we put that out on wednesdays um and yeah follow me on twitter anything you want to know about me you can find there and ryan tell all these wonderful people where they can find you on social media you can find me at 401 Sheehan on Twitter, where I post all things Celtics, Patriots, silly talk, all that. Shout out all Patriots the- being eliminated from the playoffs, by the yeah. way. Yeah, that's that's sad. Now yeah, we, we actually we know what it's like to be Pats fans. So. <laughs> now um, we get it. Um, and then you can find my podcast uh, Instagram page at Sheehan's World Pod. I also have a Twitter for it now. It's called Sheehan World Pod. So just leave out that S at the end of Sheehan's. Must listen. That's, that's where you'll find it. And uh, other than that, yeah. And that's all I got. That's all we got for today. NBA season's back tomorrow. Celtics are back on Wednesday. And then obviously when we're back um, next Monday, we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about. We were, we're not going to be talking about what we think the team's going to look like or what they think they're going to do. We're going to actually be able to talk about and analyze how they played and we'll give our very early reactions to their first few games, which I am very much looking forward to. So until then, thank you guys. God bless. Stay safe, stay healthy. And as always go Celtics, go Celtics. Peace guys. Peace guys.